we are going to talk about how to sabotage your life. So I hope you're excited about this and kind of said, I shaved my legs for this. And this is a three-week series that we're starting. And so I hope that you'll be with us for the whole series. And in this series, we're going to kind of flip the script. And we're going to kind of give you some what we would call bad advice, kind of opposite advice, kind of advice you may get in the world. And then we're going to follow it up with some biblical advice. And the reality is, is that no one wakes up one day to plan to ruin their life. No one gets married planning on being divorced. No one starts a business planning on filing for bankruptcy. No, no, one, no one has kids and expects to have an estranged relationship with them when they're older. No, no, one, no one starts a friendship and all of a sudden just expects to have this horrible parting of ways. No one starts some venture expecting to fail. We just don't. But over time, bad decisions, if we're not careful, uh, can lead us down a pathway and arrive us at a, des- a destination that we never intended to be there. And many times it's not the big issues, it's the little issues. And we, starting down that wrong path sometimes can become easier than what you might think, unless you know what to look for. So today, I wanna talk about your family, how to fail your family, how to royally screw up your family. Is that a good way of saying that? Probably is. My mom will email me on that and say, you should not use that verbiage, but I think everybody understands. No one ever starts a relationship, gets married, uh, has a family, expecting things just to fall apart, for, for, the, for the, the loving feeling to be gone, 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 whoa, 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 for the kids just to go kind of total crazy. No one ever starts that. But the reality is, is that families are sabotaged every single day. And the results of that, well, we all know stories, or we, or we are the example of a story of a family that was failed, that was sabotaged. And so today, I want to talk about marriage, I want to talk about your kids, and I want to talk about you and the excuses and the rationalizations that you give to maybe your actions to get to these places. So if you're taking notes, I'm going to be, this is going to be a very topical message, and in this topical message, I'm going to be giving you scriptures all throughout. They're going to be on the screen, so you can write those references down. And again, this message will be online, kind of on demand at lifechurchwi.com, along with all the weekend messages. But if you want to sabotage your life and fail your family, number one, neglect your marriage. The greatest thing you can do to sabotage your family and fail your, and, and your life and your family is to neglect your marriage. How? Well, you find something else to give your best to. You find a hobby. You find a job. Social media. Your kids. You do whatever you have to do not to spend time with your spouse, not to spend time with your husband, with your wife. You just neglect that relationship. You neglect that person. You just simply do what you want to do, and you don't care about their feelings, their thoughts, their whatever. Just go do that. If you'll do that, you'll fail your marriage, and you will neglect it and sabotage your family. Another thing you can do is just completely let yourself go. You just let yourself go. Eat whatever you want. Man, that sounds great, doesn't it? But the truth of the matter is, 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 is that sometimes if we're not careful, we, we look and just, if you want to just, you know, I married someone who looked like this and now you're completely just letting yourself go. Um, I heard it said one time that when someone graduates high school, the haircut and or the style that was in then is typically what they carry all the way through their adulthood. And at first I was like, there's no way. Just go to the mall. (laughs) Just go to Walmart. Just watch people at Kohl's or Target. Just 
find a place to sit and watch people. You're like, yep, they graduated 1975. <laughs> Amen. And, and the mullet's back, right? The mullet's coming back. And I had one of those in high school. It was long enough I could bite it. And I, I know, I grew up in Arkansas. <laughs> but um, it was in style then. Matter of fact, I went into a store and, the, and the, the shirt, the polo that I had my senior picture taken in was right there. And it was a whole lot more expensive today, inflation, I guess. But it was like, oh my goodness, take me back. Because I had the vanilla ice, I had the slits in the side and the whole, okay. Just, yeah, come a long way, baby. Eat whatever you want, refuse to work out, refuse to take care of your body, refuse to take care, refuse to like, you know, I mean like when was, you know, just uh, where, like don't ever get dressed up again to go out to eat. Don't ever date again, your your spouse that is, not someone else. That'll also sabotage your life and your marriage as well. Uh, Refuse to work out, avoid relational and sexual intimacy. Just quit having sex with your spouse. Just completely, you know, find yourself hooked on pornography, find yourself hooked on whatever it is that you do and, or, or, or other relationships. You, you, you want to just, just completely blow up your, your marriage, just intentionally go down those pathways. And again, I said at the beginning of this message, sometimes it's not even intentional. Sometimes it's unintentional. According to the Journal of Psychology and Christianity, up to 65% of husbands and 55% of wives will commit adultery before the age of 40. 65% of husbands, 55% of wives, not much difference there, will commit adultery by age 40. Whatever you do, if you want to sabotage your life and fail your family, do not pursue intimacy with your spouse. What does the Bible say about this? Proverbs 5, verse 18 and 19. Let your fountain be blessed. I'm not going to exegete all this. I think you can figure some of this out. If you have problems, see Pastor Ryan. (laughs) Rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breast fill you at all times with delight. Amen. And being, it's the Bible, right? Can I get a witness in the house? That's a good time to say amen. Be intoxicated always in her love. If you have a hard time understanding what that means, it's rcoggins at lifechurchwi.com. The Hebrew word, therefore, intoxicated means to be ravished, captivated, and consumed. Is that how you view your wife? Is that how you view your marriage? Proverbs 5.8 says, keep your way far from her, the adulteress. And do not go near the door of her house. Now, for most sins in the Bible, we're told to fight and we're told to resist the sin of the temptation. But listen to me. Sexual sin is the only sin in the Bible that we are told to flee from. Sexual sin is the only sin in Scripture that the Bible says, run. Don't, don't, try, to, don't try to resist it. Don't try to push back from it. Don't even try to fight it. Just get out, get away from it, run, flee as fast as you can. See, the line for sin begins far before the action. The line for sin begins in our minds. It comes into our eyes, the Bible says. We see it, we begin to process and think about it and ruminate on it, and then it registers in our heart. And then out of our heart comes the issues of life. 
Matthew 5, 28, Jesus says this, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Ouch. You want to fail your family? You want to sabotage your life? Neglect your marriage. Second statement is let your kids lead themselves. You want to sabotage your life? You want to fail your family? Let your kids lead themselves. Allow your kids to dictate their own schedule. Allow your kids to tell you what they're going to do, when they're going to do it, and how they're going to do it. Allow your kids to have unlimited and unguarded time on their devices. Everybody else does it. This is just the way of the world. This is just what we do. This is just what it is. Let, let your kids decide for themselves if they want to go to church. Just let them, as long as you're paying their bills and they're living under your roof, let them do what they want to do. Lead, lead only yourself and assume everything else is going to fall into place. Just take care of you. And just assume your kids by osmosis or by some casual observation or they'll pick up on something, that they'll get a work ethic, that they'll, that they'll begin to get a, 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 a love for God, a, a pursuit of holiness. But whatever you do, if you want to fail your family, if you want to sabotage your life in this area, please take notes on this. Whatever you do, do not lead your children intentionally. Do not lead your children with any intentionality. Just let them do what they want to do, whatever they feel, however they want to go. Just support whatever and just do whatever. Wow, it's quiet in here. What does the Bible say about this? Proverbs 22, verse 6 is a verse I give every time we do a baby dedication. Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. The Hebrew word train up means to dedicate, means to initiate, it means to lead. The picture here is one would lead a horse with a rope, with a, a, with, 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 with a rope and, and, and a bit in the mouth and the whole deal. As a, as a person would lead a horse, that's what you are to do with your children. Don't put ropes around their heads and lead them. If you've ever seen people like, and maybe you've been one of those people, I'm not judging, but like you're at Six Flags or you're at Disney and they've got leashes on them. It's like, oh my goodness. I have seen kids that probably need that, but, but I'm just saying like, I'm not talking about that. It's talking about developing and leading to train them up. That's what the Bible says. The world says, hey, let your kids do whatever they want to do. Hey, let, let whatever they want, let them decide for themselves. Let, this, let them choose for themselves. Let them, don't, don't, don't get involved. Don't try to indoctrinate them. Don't try to, and what do you think the world is doing? Hey Amen. What do you think they're doing? Indoctrination 101. What do you think the whole identity issue conversation that's happening in our world today is? If the enemy of your soul and my soul can confuse our kids on who they are, and, and their orientation as far as life and living, their gender, their sexuality, and all of that. Because remember, God's the one that came up with sex. Amen. God's a good God. Amen. You want to just give you a really good reason to serve God? He invented sex. I mean, I'm just telling you. It's, it's, I, I, some of you can't believe I just said that. It's all in Scripture. Have you read the Song of Solomon? Oh, my goodness. And if you need to exegete that, really reach out to Ryan Coggins. Because I don't even want to get... I'm just saying, though. But like at the end of the day, I mean, but so... so why the perversion? Because the enemy of our soul wants to take what God used as pure. The Bible says that the marriage bed is pure and undefiled, which means sex between the husband and a wife is 
man, it's go have fun as much as you want, when you want, how you want. I'm sure there are legal ramifications. You can't do it in public, but, but, but just go. But that needs to be private between a husband and a wife. But outside of that, it's perversion. And so the perversion, where does that come from? It's not God. God created sex, pure and holy and undefiled, holy matrimony. But outside of that, so whether you're living together, whether you're hooking up with someone, whether you're having any type of sexual activity outside of what you would have between a man and a woman, a husband and a wife, the way God created it, it's sexual perversion. So the world goes, oh, no, 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 don't let people, don't, don't, you let them do what they want to do. Let your kids decide who they are. It doesn't matter how they were born. It doesn't matter whatever. <laughs> Just let them do what they want to do. And here's the big lie, because if you, if you get involved, they're going to deal with mental issues and depression at such a level that they may just take their own life. And every parent, every parent goes, oh God, no. And so what is it? How are you leading your kids that way? How's the world say? Lead them out of fear. Fear that you're going to mess something up. Fear that you're going to hurt them. Fear that they're, but the Bible says, no, 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 no. Don't have any fear of the enemy. Have no fear of the perversion of this world. Have no fear for any system. Have no fear for the lie of the enemy that would tell your child to bring them into depression, to bring them into the depths of suicide. No, no, no. You lean on the Lord. You lean on his word. You lean on what that says. And the Bible says to train up your children, to lead them, to dedicate yourself, to pay attention, to talk, to have conversation, to be in their world, to teach and train them. Let them see what it means to be a godly man or a godly woman. Let them see what it means to be married to a godly man or a godly woman not perfect, but someone who's pursuing that. You train them, you lead them. You don't let them figure it out. Why? Because all of us need to be led. That's why the Holy Spirit came. He's the one that walks, aside, walks alongside of us, the paraclete, the one that goes with us, that leads us and directs us to Christ and to righteousness and to purity and holiness. So even we as adults need leadership. Why do you think our kids don't? Well, because some psychologists or some secular humanist or some societal person said, and what I'm just saying, people are scared to say, and I get it because you're gonna get canceled because of the woke world that we live in. But we as Christ followers never called to be woke, we're called to be awakened. Woke is, woke is a, listen. <laughs> woke is a, it, it's, it's again, for every counterfeit you have to have an original. There's an awakening in our spirit when we realize that we're dead in our sins and our transgressions, but there is one who loves us more than we can love ourselves, and his name is Jesus. And he and we, he simply wants to come in and change us and give us life and life to the fullest and peace and all the things that we desire and all the things that the world offers, but they cannot give. And we ask him to come in. Our spirit is awakened. But the world that we live in, no, it's about just being woke. For what? For your agenda? For an agenda that leads to destruction? To a society that has no bounds, there's no moral law, there's no moral code? Everybody does what's right in their own eyes. Have we read this before? Yeah, in the days of Noah, they did what was right in their own eyes. They did whatever they pleased. And what happened? Read the book of Revelation, and it will be as it was in the days of Noah, that men and women will live their lives and do whatever they will please, and then the Son of Man, Jesus himself, will come and rapture the church, and the end shall come. 
So this is no new surprise. I know I'm supposed to tell you how to sabotage your life, not how to not do it, but I'm just saying, Babies in cribs don't feel limited by the crib. They feel comforted. Likewise, likewise, children of all ages need direction. They need boundaries. They need guidance. They need rhythms. They need routines. I love this quote by Frederick, Frederick Douglass, who was an American abolitionist. It's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. Raise up your kids. With what? With truth. You don't let them just pick and decide. You don't let them eat whatever they want to eat, when they want to eat it, how they want to eat it, do what they want to do, whatever. If you want to ruin your family, just do that. You sound pretty confident of that. Yeah. But 10 years youth pastoring will do that to you. It's what I call the Frankenstein syndrome. I saw this all the time. They'd come into my office. I don't anything about parenting. I have a Labrador retriever at this point in time, right? I have no kids but I'm an expert, right? And so they come into my office and they'll tell me, hey, you know, Johnny's doing this and or Sally's going just buck wild crazy and we're having this problem and that problem and all of this and da-da-da-da-da and they're 16 and, 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 and then you have this conversation. So tell me what you did to teach and train them up. And it's silence. It's like, well, hang on for the ride. Pray. But... They're literally living out what you taught them, which was nothing in this area. Or they saw an example of you and they're literally doing what they see you as an adult doing because every child wants to imitate their parents. I don't care how uncool your parents are. We've all had that moment as we get older and went, I look just like my dad right now. I'm wearing a pair of white sneakers and some khakis and a sweatshirt. I should be walking the mall right now. <laughs> Third statement. You want to fail your family, sabotage your life? Make excuses and rationalize your actions. Make excuses and rationalize your actions. If you're taking notes, just write that down. Make excuses and rationalize your actions. It's a blame game. Don't take responsibility. Just blame your spouse. Blame your kids. Hey, blame your parents. It's the way they raised you. Blame God. It's not your fault. Tim, just blame God. Why not? Everybody else does it. Whatever you do, do not take responsibility. If you want to fail your family and you want to sabotage your life, do not take responsibility for your actions. At work, it's never your fault. It's always the boss. It's always a coworker. It's always the system. In, in, in the world in which we live in, it's always somebody's against me and somebody's doing this. It's always somebody else. And in, 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 your, in your own home, just blame your spouse, blame your kids, blame your parents, whatever, but don't take responsibility. And, and let me give you a couple of, let me give you one other statement too. If you're going to really, really fail your family and sabotage your life beyond the blame game and not taking responsibility, play the I'm not happy card. I'm not happy. Excuses like, well, wouldn't God want me to be happy? And so this is what makes me happy. Wouldn't God want me to be happy? This is what makes me happy. If they wouldn't have acted that way, I wouldn't have responded that way. It's their fault. I, shouldn't I be happy? Maybe I've already made too many parenting mistakes. Why would my kids listen to me now? That's a lie from the pit of hell. Some of you have gotten saved and then come to a relationship with Jesus Christ and your kids are 
in elementary school or in middle school or maybe even in high school, you can't change anything you did before. All you can change is from now on. Just remember, God's grace is sufficient. His grace will make up. How does that happen, Aaron? It's called supernatural. You believe in salvation, that God will save you from your sins. God will restore your family. God will restore your home. It may take a while. There are some consequences that may need to play out. But God will do what he says he will do. And if you want to... Come up, make excuses and rationalize your own actions. Whatever you do, do not go to God for forgiveness. If you want to fail your family and sabotage your life, do never go to God for forgiveness. Never go to God for your past mistakes or, or even go to him for help in your future. Just completely leave God alone because God doesn't care. God doesn't care about you. God doesn't care about your world. If God cared about you, you wouldn't have been born in the family you were born. If God cared about you, you wouldn't have gone through what you went through. If God cared about you, you, you wouldn't be where you are today because it's his fault. Remember, remember that? Don't take credit. Don't take any responsibility for the bad and the ill in your life, only for the good. Kind of reminds me of when we were doing the, the foyer in, in Germantown and the polished concrete and we had some guys and they're great. But every time that we'd go around and say, hey man, what about this spot or what about that spot? He goes, it's concrete. There's very little I can do, it's the concrete. And, but when it would look really good, he would go, it's because I'm that good. It's the same concrete. Right, but he would take credit for the good, but 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 the well, it's 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 the concrete's fault. It's really not my fault. If if you want to sabotage your life and fail your family, then just treat life that way. Only take credit for the good and for the bad. It's on somebody else. It's never you. What does the Bible say on this issue? For past mistakes, for sin, for failures. First John one nine. If we confess our sins. We don't play the blame game. We don't put it off on someone else. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Which means this, if I'll own my own junk and I'll come before the Lord and humble myself and ask him to forgive me, he is faithful, which means he'll do it every single time. He's just, which means he has the power and the ability to do it. And cleanse me from my sins and everything in my life that is unrighteous. All I've got to do is ask. It's that simple. Maybe you're here today and you're far away from God. You know, you've heard the old question, if you were to die right now and stand before God and he were to say, why should I let you into heaven? You don't know what you would say. You don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. First John 1, 9, if you'll simply say, Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a savior, and I believe that you are the savior. Forgive me of my sins and come into my life. According to the Bible, Romans 10, 9 and 10, when you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. He'll do exactly that. For future help, Isaiah 40, Old Testament, verse 29, 30 and 31. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and the young men stumble and fall. But those who hope, whose hope is in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. We all make mistakes. We all zig when we should zag. We all go left when we should go right. We, 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 we're human. I don't care how long you've been working with the, walking with the Lord. 
And there are times where I'm tired and I'm weary. And the Bible says that that's when God will give you strength like eagles. He will take you to heights and places and give you ability that you don't have. You'll run, even though you are tired, you'll begin to run and you won't grow weary. You'll walk, you'll walk out that path of righteousness and you won't fail, you won't faint, you won't falter. What do you gotta do? Go to him. Quit playing the blame game. As a leader, I learned a long time ago, I might not have made the mess, but I gotta own it. I gotta figure it out. And I probably contribute to more messes than what I'd like to realize or acknowledge. I gotta own my own junk, my own junk. I gotta own my own stuff. And there are things in my life that aren't fair, right? Fairness ended in the garden, the garden of Eden. After the garden of Eden, fairness does not exist. And our world is looking for fairness. It doesn't exist. It's never existed. Fairness is a fairy tale. Fairness is a lie of the enemy. Because one person, they live for God and they get a diagnosis of cancer and they die. What's fair about that? They didn't do anything wrong. They, 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 they didn't do whatever. And they get cancer and they die. Somebody else does everything wrong. They do everything wrong, anything that can trash their body, and they live. What justice is that? What fairness is that? There is no fairness in that. But if you ever stop and think about fairness for just a minute, it's not really fair that God would take our sins away either. It's not really fair that God would love us so much that he would give his only son, Jesus Christ. I don't deserve that. I don't deserve another man to die for me, much less it be the son of God. What I deserve because of my own sin and my own junk that I deal with that I don't want you to know and that you deal with that you don't want me to know. My stuff, your stuff. Let's just talk about my stuff. It's too close to talk about your stuff. My stuff. That I owed a debt I could not pay, but he paid a debt he never owed. It's not fair. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Not fair, but oh, I'm grateful and thankful. So if you want to sabotage your life, you want to fail your family, let me recap this. Neglect your marriage. Let your kids lead themselves and do whatever they want to do. And continue to make excuses and rationalize your actions. But if you don't want to sabotage your life and you don't want to fail your family then the Bible would say, tend to your marriage. How's your marriage today? You know that. What are you doing to, to pursue the wife or the husband of your youth? How do you take care of yourself? How do you take care of your home? How do you take care of your life? How do you take care of? If you don't want to sabotage your life, you don't want to fail your family, lead your children. Start today. You can't do anything about yesterday, but start today. Have conversations. Begin to lead them. Again, I know this isn't easy. It's easier said than done, but it's the truth. 
If you don't wanna sabotage your life and fail your family, then own your own actions. Start taking responsibility for yourself and quit blaming everybody else for the reason why you are where you are in life. You are where you are in life because you are, that's a sum total of the decisions that you have made. Same way with me. And if you don't wanna sabotage your life and you don't wanna fail your family, then look to the Lord for help and for wisdom. So here's how I wanna to end today. I just want you to take a couple of moments. The band's gonna come out in just a minute and they're gonna do one more song. And then Ryan's gonna come out and close this out and we're gonna be dismissed or your campus pastor's gonna come and close this out and be dismissed. Evaluate just for a moment. Just take the next three minutes and 58 seconds. Your marriage, your kids, your family, yourself. Reflect. Repent. Make a decision today. Every change and trajectory of life begins with a decision. Father, I just thank you today that we don't have to sabotage our lives and fail in our family. But rather, Lord, we have the ability to be able to grow old with a wife or the husband of our youth. We have the ability to be able to to love our kids and to raise them in a godly way. And, and regardless what the world says, they're not gonna go crazy. They may push against some things, they may whatever, but when we teach and train them, when they're old, they'll not depart. When maturity kicks in, they'll, it'll come full circle. We have the ability, Lord, to, to have a home and a family and a marriage and a life that we desire. But we've got to ask ourselves, whom are we listening to? Are we listening to the advice of the world? Whom the God of this world is behind? Or are we looking to you, Lord, and to your word? Help us today to reflect and to repent. In Jesus' name, amen.